Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 106 for Tuesday, May 4th. Today, we are going to be taking you through a whole bunch of different topics. We are going to be complaining about umpires. I feel like we've been doing that every week for, I don't know, the past few months now. But we got we to gotta do it. We got to do it again. Uh, we are now into May, as I mentioned already. So that means April is come and gone we have our players of the month and all of that good stuff we'll talk about which ones seem like they're legitimate going forward and also we will be deep diving a youtuber's attempt to stalk his friend's date it was a it was a very very well orchestrated attempt that the diamondbacks played along with very well but we have a lot of analysis to go into on that so if any of that sounds interesting, make sure you stick around. And we're going to be trying something a little different, too. Now we're going to be plugging the socials at the beginning. I know, right? We are on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at BeatTheShiftBP. If you have any recommendations or feedback for us, that is the place to, uh, to let us know about it. So again, at BeatTheShiftBP. So yeah, let's get into it. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Alex Rudy. And for Bode Markazi, how are you guys doing? It's poetic. Uh, the, our first time, we're a little, we're, we're doing something new. It's we haven't done this in what the seven years we've done this podcast. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think I mentioned that aspect of newness not. is That's that we are all that we are all talking on FaceCam right now, and I wasn't, I wasn't actually sure if we'll end up uploading this one with face cam just because it might be a little scuffed in our first go around but it is it is weird seeing seeing your guys' faces as, as i'm talking to you we, yeah for those you guys have weird faces well they're they're, they're good oh uh, we already see there you go there's the wonkiness already wait is Rudy there or... hello oh hi there we go Mr. wonky himself and well, should... welcome back um yeah i think it's funny also our first uh webcam and i look like i'm about to do a, a college football uh podcast and rudy has his michigan not shirt on so I, we promise we're going to be talking major league baseball for the most part for the most part uh, yeah minor leagues it's a little thing oh i i guess i guess um yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, uh, we can just start then. I, I'm all, I'm all out of my element right now with, with the, the different intro and everything else. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get used to it. Let's talk about a, t a topic that's a little bit old now because we, uh, we took a week off of podcasting, but I think it's an interesting discussion nonetheless, and that's around Madison Bumgarner's no hitter, in the second game of a scheduled seven inning game double header. So he got 21 outs to get the job done and it's not officially um, a no hitter in, in major league baseball's eyes anyway. And that's uh, kind of been established in the past, you know, uh, due to other like weather or other conditions limiting the length of game they, they said if it's not nine then it's not a no hitter so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you guys a very simple question major league baseball allowing seven inning games but not 
designating seven inning no-nos is blank. It's very open-ended. And, you know, there's a lot of varying opinions on this, but uh, Farbode, what no what word me. why what's what how would you describe it understandably stupid That's <laughs> two, words. two words cheater can i can i add a hyphen um but anyways i i don't know i've been going back and forth on this and at first i was like yeah i mean dude got a no-no that's under that's in the mlb rules it makes sense like they they're the, the mlb was the ones that designated this as a the seven inning structure as a structure for major league games so while it wasn't a full nine inning game it's a it's every stat still counts everything that still happens the wins and losses still count give the man his no-no but i also went back and was like well how many seven inning no hitters do we see get ruined in the eighth or ninth and then also six outs later and so i'm like in the middle of it i don't know it I think it's understandable that the MLB is not doing it because of especially all of our thoughts about the MLB, but it's also like I'm a pitcher and I want the man to get his no hitter. I used to be a pitcher. I don't pitch anymore. Mm. It has been some time since you've, uh, <laughs> since you've let it and since you've aired it out. I'm a pitcher at heart. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Rudy, what, yes. what do you think? My word is constipated and <laughs> Because the Major League Baseball is constipated. Is With that... the no fun police. It just refuses <laughs> to have fun. And in this situation where games that are, I think, rained out uh, count as no hitters, like after the fifth inning. They don't just count. Makes... No, they do. No, they have to be nine inning no hitters. No. Yeah. I was told that if you have By no whom? hitter. By whom? By ESPN. Now Talk we have. Shows. Are we gonna do research in real time now? God dang it! Even even without that evidence, um, I just still think it's stupid. And considering they put in a rule that the man because it, it it invalidates essentially the doubleheader games because it's saying that it's essentially impossible to throw a no hitter during them, which is kind of acknowledging indirectly that the idea itself is stupid. It makes no sense. And doesn't count so it's like a level of constipation of their okay. ability to execute good ideas and just like let baseball be fun that is befuddling and inconceivable and i honestly hate madison bumgarner i think he's a douche but he was right that it should have been a no hitter and i think it's a stupid rule that they and I think it was actually Elias Sports Bureau who decided, technically, maybe, but regardless, they're all constipated. I, I, you beat me. You beat me. I, I have nothing to like come back at you on that. I, you, you also kind kind of convinced me. It's been my back and forth going going on that, but yeah, constipation. That's that's the perfect word for this. There's exactly. a, there's a number of ways that I thought you could have gone from that word so i was really curious to hear your explanation you really you really had me hanging hanging off the edge of my seat there um i can give you some relief <laughs> why after after using that word okay um <laughs> uh on wikipedia anyway which seems to be referencing 
it's a great source. I'm I'm looking academic. for this. I'm looking for the actual source. Only academic. No, it, it references MLB.com's like rules and regulations and stuff. The the actual language. Once again, is, another great source. An official no hit game occurs when a pitcher or pitchers allows no hits during the entire course of a game, which consists of at least nine innings. It's pretty clear cut. So I don't know, Elias Sports Bureau, they're playing by their own rules over there. But uh. I don't know if I if I had to give a word for it, it would be expected because it the whole the whole concept of the seven inning double headers seemed really unplanned. So yeah, obviously they they didn't uh, they didn't think this through. They didn't think about the the historical implications on on anything that might happen in these games. They're just like. We got so many teams delayed their, with their schedules thrown out of whack with with uh, COVID and everything else that we just we got to we got to cut them a little slack. We got we'll, we'll make the game seven innings and everything will be fine from there. And I think that's about the, the extent of the thought put into it. Um, Do you guys not think that the same conversation would be have happening if it went the other way? Like if we why? extended the length of games? No, if if people went back. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not, what I yeah, you now we're playing eleven inning games. Uh but Rob Manfred's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Anything going past two hours and five minutes or something. Um no, but if the MLB came out right away and said this this is a designated no hitter, do you not think there's still gonna be more people on that side that are gonna be like what the hell? No, this should not have been a no hitter. Like it, it, that. This debate would still be happening. Yes, that's a good point. But that's um, more a manifestation of the take artist sports culture that we live in and embody than I think any rational argument. Personally, I, I I just like. I also think like a subtle part of this too is like I think a lot of people think that like the zag take on, on no hitters now is like there's too many of them and they're not cool and interesting anymore. I think that's just like code word for it. I actually don't like baseball. And I just have to talk about it with my job because, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, there, if there was a no hitter every day, I would want to watch it every time. It's 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 incredible, like tension and drama. So, like, yeah. any person who has that take, like, get out of here. Like, wait, who has those know, takes? The same sources for these the same, five inning no hitters, apparently, so <laughs> in the baseball knowledge, I guess. I will say, I think like no hitters, the threshold where everybody agrees is immediately captivating, just because of how rare it is and just how how intense it is. Like any sixth inning onwards, no hitter alerts. I'm I'm watching them because they're 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 gripping, but um, I I think it's the threshold for like the for rarity in terms of what can be deemed interesting because I, I see it a lot with like um or like the immaculate inning right there's there's fewer immaculate innings in baseball than those are so no cool. no hitters so it, it, in that line of thinking it's a rarer occurrence so it should be as entertaining as a no hitter i mean obviously that's not how it works because a no hitter has a more storied build-up to it immaculate inning happens in a blink of an eye and you, you it's hard to process what's happening uh but i see that a lot where it's like this this random thing is more rare than a no hitter which is like okay sure like there are there are a decent amount of no hitters but um 
it takes nothing away from them. But yeah, well, I, you talk about the other side of the argument too, and you said it right away, so I don't really need to harp on it too much. But yeah, obviously, like so many pitchers take no hitters into the seventh inning of games in, in a nine inning game, and it gets broken up after that. So like, what about all these other pitchers that are that are out there throwing that? And they're just like, what the heck, dude? I I can do that. I can throw seven no hitting. That makes no sense, though. No offense, because Baumgart, the double headers literally are cannot yeah, go past. Yeah, he's he's capped so. there. Yeah, which is it why really hold water. Which is why it almost perfectly encapsulates why the seven inning baseball game feels artificial. It feels like a fake game because, like, well, what do you call this, like? It, it doesn't that's why i was trying to make the point that it would make more sense for mlb to say it was a no hitter because it legitimizes the seven inning games more they should by think it doesn't <laughs> like delegitimizing your own rule change and that it doesn't that doesn't make sense from an institutional strategic messaging to the the public about these changes to say like this change doesn't really count fully as a real game. Yeah, they're like not sure yet. They're like, like, well, hold on a sec. Maybe are they not going to start <laughs> counting saves anymore in the ten inning extra extra inning ones too? Or I mean, I I just don't understand it. The, the the messaging at the end of the day, I think we can all agree, as usual, is incoherent. Yeah, because they haven't thought it through that much. It's constipated. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's incoherent and constipated. Day. It's a healthy word. All right, let's keep going. Do you guys want to complain? It's not healthy. It's actually the opposite of healthy. That that might have been intentional. Uh, the it's time to complain about umpires. There Thank was God. there was a few events that happened that really, really stood out. Like even in even in the span of like an entire season, they would stand out as like what the heck is going on types of plays. The first one was in the Brewers game where the first base umpire called the pitcher for interference while running to cover the first. No, he wasn't covering the bag. He was making a, he was fielding the ball and making a toss to the first baseman even. And there was no contact between the runners. The pitcher was in the grass on the infield the whole time. And, then the umpire made a call that none of the announcers on the field, like nobody knew it was happening until somebody explained what the umpire was saying down on the field. And it's, it's pretty telling when nobody on the field knows what's going on when an umpire is making a call. But, uh, but yeah, that, that level of just like constipation, constipation. Sure. Is, uh, is kind of startling, right? Like what, what do you do as a, as a player at that point? If you see like repeated patterns of, of umpires, not even like making, making it about like, it's not even a classic ump show thing. It's just like a straight up lapse in judgment where, you know, and then, you know, everything proceeds as usual. Like they're, are are they bored? I have no idea. It seems like, I mean, you said it like o- over a course of the year. It's we like this would still be bewildering, but now it's over what two weeks? That was the last time we did the podcast, and two, there's already three of them. Like they're what giving John Boy so much free content. 
Should we let out the other mm -hmm. two examples? I think so. Before we divulge completely into the rants. Well, there's one. There's one more, really. I don't. You, you said three. Uh, the one more that I was thinking of is the Andrew McCutcheon play, where he was called out of the baseline for running perfectly straight into second base. Uh, on a on a slow ground ball where Lindor was charging it and potentially could have made a tag, but he wasn't close enough to make the tag, so it wasn't applied, and he proceeds to slide into second base and the umpire is like nope out of the baseline they got that wrong they got the call at first wrong on because yes. Lindor made the throw afterwards and then they ended up getting a double play out of it because it's not reviewable they had to overturn the play at first two out which they could review but they couldn't review the judgment call yeah with the question which i just did clearly no uh, explanation beyond beyond constipation for why judgment calls can't be reviewed. <laughs> I, I think this call was just as bad as the other one. In all honesty, I, th I really think they're they're equally horrendous, and they're they're almost the opposite uh, in terms of like the bias, I guess. Of which you know the first one was in support of the hitter for no reason, their base runner, and the second one was the bat, uh, you know, supporting the defense. Uh, but they're both kind of similar. And when you break it down in terms of like the runner and the and the, the the fielder going into each other's paths, but regardless, I, I I mean I think at least for this one, McCutcheon I think Lindor kind of sold it because like he made it seem like he had a double play, and then it seemed like the umpire was like panicked, like wait a second, like what went wrong here? Like why was there? <laughs> he had to cheat it. There's no other way that Lindor would have pulled this off. I guess I mean. I think uh, I was listening to John Boyd discuss this play, and he made an interesting point I never noticed, which is I guess the base runner can actually go on the grass. They just have to maintain a like a straight line basically as they run. This is a consistent uh, like path to the base. Yeah, they so established really they established their baseline yeah. is the phrase. And like McCutcheon, like one of the most perfect straight lines I've ever seen a runner commit in history, perhaps. I mean, it was it was actually a textbook like base running example. Um, at, at least I guess maybe, uh, in the Brewers case, like he, the, I forgot who the pitcher was. Maybe you can correct me on that, but he kind of, I guess it's close to the battery. Zach, you know, Zach Godley. The issue with Zach Godley's, uh, being punished in that situation was that by the time you can even fathom him getting close to the path of the runner, which he never does anyways, but, uh, the batter was already out. So, because he tossed the ball way before they even came in the vicinity of each other, which I thought that part, just to add on to a description earlier, was just like fascinating. It's like the play was already dead essentially for when the umpire made the decision to intervene. And I don't think I've ever really seen an example of something like that where uh, the the circumstances would not have been affected in any way. Regard like there was no situation where Godly could would not have gotten him out. So. It was shocking and impressive. I constipated. I, constipated. I think uh, two things. Uh, one, are the umpires okay? Can we send them? Are we like, can we, like talk to the umpire umpires union? Like they clearly haven't gotten enough attention in a while. They're providing John Boy all this free content. Um, like this is this is absurd. It's it's befuddling. It's constipated. I think Rudy said it all, um, and that word says it all too. And you know me, like I usually try to defend the umpires. I feel like in a lot of our conversations, I try to play like that devil's advocate. And these are just like, 
egregious examples of them enforcing their will. Because I think I just want to add one quick point. It's like I think there's a difference between like a mistake in the heat of the play where they just misread the call. And then the, but these were like imposing decisions on the plays essentially like after they had already happened. And that's like a classic example of like umpires or referees or whatever you want to call them in whatever sport, like making the game about them. And like we're not, no one is spending money to see you. Like, yeah, that's not why we're here. Please just like <laughs> leave us alone. There should be <laughs> an umpire doing a good job is one that you think about the least, not the one that you are talking about the most. That is true. That now, is true. These two were both on the base paths. Do you think for whatever reason they got like word from like Major League Baseball that I, I'm I'm interested that like there's been a trend in runners escaping the base paths over the last couple months and over the last month or so and we want to look out for that because I know the NBA has stuff small like slightly like that like look out for this guy he he like my elbow a little bit more like pushing a little bit more or whatever um, I. I don't know. I'm just trying to find an explanation that makes sense. That's as close as we could ever come. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Part of me feels like the answer is no to that question. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I would hope that the answer is yes. And that's like the explanation. Yeah. But... That's given him a lot of credit uh, in my opinion. <laughs> so, you know, rather than just rehashing the plays, which you can't even see anyway, it's you, you do your best with with our our uh, verbal description of them but uh do, so now you bring up an interesting point do you, do you think there's some kind of conspiracy do you think john boy is paying umpires to make <laughs> absurd calls just so his, he and his team are ready to break down these these reactions from managers and players just Probably bewildered yes. by the nature of it you know something new something you'd never think of seeing getting called out of the base path on a perfectly routine player, getting called for, like, you know, it's uh, maybe some artificial umpire player manager drama being being strown about. If, if you think MLB, the, like, said that it would be more entertaining if they added more, like, horrific That's a memo. I That's like, a memo I wouldn't be surprised by. <laughs> is is that MLB thinking, like, that's going to get them more attention or fans or, like, more, more like, airtime on, like, talk shows that's not just baseball-focused? Because it's like in that case, actually. Yeah, baseball fans are, like, inundated right now with the uh, replay of, like, get the get the call right, get get whatever, um, like, make, just make the replay, get it right. Uh, that's the point of it. Like, baseball fans are inundated on, on that with, like, um articles and they're like mlb mlb network and everything are just like that's the content we're like taking in maybe that's <laughs> if, as rudy said if if that's the mlb doing that that's kind of genius but i once again as Uwe said that might be giving them too much credit we we should not be giving them nearly as much credit as maybe not even as much attention as as they're getting but it's interesting so we'll continue to talk about it as they continue to make awful blunders uh I, we have one other topic that is pr a bit more of like an in-depth one uh before getting to more of like the the quicker news bits and that would be i don't know if you guys saw this or i know you guys did um anybody listening saw bryce harper get hit in the face by a fastball in the first pitch that he saw and uh it was from a left-handed pitcher, 
didn't really have time to get out of the way. It was on him real quick and did not catch anything before just like the upper cheekbone area. Uh, it's just flush, clean hit, and it was really scary. He was fine. Did lots of adrenaline, I'm sure, at the time, so he did not go down or, or anything too too concerning in that way. No concussion, so he's fine. But uh, but we saw that play happen, and then we saw Didi Gregorius in the very next pitch get hit in like the shoulder blade area. Another left-handed batter, the pitcher just absolutely wild, missed the same exact spot almost, and it very clearly wasn't intentional. Like they have no history, there's no context in any way. And, and the pitcher showed a lot of remorse. And there there was lots of remorse, you know, during and after, which was you know heartwarming to see and. Bryce Harper's reaction was equally uh, understanding and and uh, he did really a champ. Yeah, it, it, you know, good to diffuse any sort of artificial tension that would come there. But as fans of the sport, we have to find something to take away from this. So uh, I don't know the, the three batter rule. That that's the reason why this happened. He would have gotten taken out of the game, and then he had to face the next batter after hitting two players in a row. That's unbelievable. I, Rob Manfred, you ruining baseball. Like it's, you're, it's dangerous for the, the players. Rob and Rob Manfred hates baseball players is the takeaway yeah. from this situation. I think I connected the, the dots to, to reach that. That um, was exactly the that headline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the question is, why does Rob Manfred hate baseball? <laughs> no, that's, that's not the actual question. The question is, what? why do people think that the three batter minimum has anything to do with this at all? Rudy, I'll ask you first because I, I know you've done your research really on this one. You really set it up perfectly. I think, you know, I, I was talking about this with you, Uwe, and I think I was surprised that you honestly agree with me on this because I think all of us, as we just demonstrated our anti-Manfred and love to talk about baseball's constipation. And so this was prime is another example for us to rant about um, the three batter rule, like you mentioned. And yet me and you both kind of agreed that this was just a fluke incident and it seemed like a overreaction. And I'm not trying to play down like the player's safety. Like I, I, I obviously like a guy who's just throwing wild is very dangerous, but it felt to me that a lot of the same people who are so mad about the danger that this was causing with the same people who probably like think that beating players as like a, to get back at them for like slander or whatever do like faux pas dueling that accounts for where they, the chin music, you know what I'm saying? Like all the symbolic, mm -hmm. I mean, that's also egregiously dangerous. I feel like the same people who like that stuff, the same people who think this three batter rule is bad because of this danger reason to bring it. I don't know that I'm connecting it. I don't know, like those dots are connecting when I'm trying to, Make yeah, the traditionalists case. will yeah. will hate the new rules, but also yeah. will be on board with retaliation Can, by yes. brushing them up. Thank you. Yeah. That's uh, dangerous. So, so just to like finish it off, I thought that you know the Cardinals manager, whoever's name, my last name, I'm not try to pronounce, but his first name is Mike. Um, and uh, yes, thank you. He called the rule a failure. Girardi was ejected. I mean, it seems, watching the video, it, it seems a little like an overreaction. I'm sorry. Like Harper took that to the champ 
took it like a champ, and that is not great to see. But it was not like Didi's ball was also to the face. It wasn't like the guy was only throwing at guys' heads. Like, I, how often is this really going to happen? And like, last thing, like we can debate the value of the three inning rule. I don't, I'm not saying I even support it, but are we really saying that the pitcher, you know? would have been for sure removed after Harper if there's no three-inning rule. Like, I, I don't think you can really guarantee <laughs> yeah. that. I, um, then not to cut you off, I think we said it really well, too, where... Uh, actually, here, here's what I'll say. When I, when I read that they just wanted to... Like, they made this about the three-inning rule or three-batter rule, I was like, are, are these not Major League Baseball players? Or is, is that not a guy making a ton of money to like to pitch to pitch a baseball like yeah those two balls got away but it's not like to to me it's like these these guys are have or have way too high a skill to just assume that they needed to take them out because they were way too wild or whatever before dd came up to the bat came up to the place not like you have a young alex Reed or young for Mercazi um on, on the mound um, where we have no idea where the next pitch is going. These guys have an idea. Some some balls get away. Sorry, it took me a while to get to this argument, but um, but like when I first heard of what um, the Cardinals manager even brought up, I was like, dude, this is this is terrible. This this shouldn't have anything to do with this right now. You, this, even this, if even if it does in this one rare case, like yeah, I would have taken him out, but I couldn't because of this rule. It's just so incredibly rare to have a pit to throw a pitcher out there who like you said has just no idea where the ball is going and just and and to that extreme level it's not an epidemic where there's just a bunch of young guns out there who you know if they're not taken out of the game in time will just be mowing down major league baseball players left and right it's uh it's such a rare case where if it's like even if that is that is a reason, a, a point against the three batter rule. It's like, okay, it's hardly gonna be brought up in the the collective bargaining agreement as as an argument. Um, there was, there was one more thing I wanted to say about this, and I I kind of lost my train of thought there. If I if I think of it, I might I might come back to it. Um, but I don't know. I'll I'll just say constipated because I haven't I haven't said it as much as you guys um <laughs> get it on it yeah I, I need to add to the counter so let's keep talking major league major league minor league baseball is back uh today actually may 4th and that is a lot later than usual of course but considering there was no minor league baseball at all last year uh yay minor league baseball is back and that means prospects can practice playing baseball against other perspective major leaguers you know That's so it works that is i that is the the briefest synopsis of minor league baseball that i can give so let's talk about the the big exciting prospects who you know finally get a chance to play again and we'll we'll hopefully get to see in the big leagues later on this year um i don't know where do we where do we start for boat i have a feeling i know where you're gonna start yeah <laughs> um my first one the prospect that I'm looking at the most right now is not to see if Joe Adele can hit. Obviously, I want to see him actually hit the baseball. 
but and not strike out every time. But I'm try. I want to find out if he can learn how to field again. I don't. I don't understand what happened to him defensively last year. So I'm really interested to just watching Joe Adele like, like watching him remember how to play baseball. Yeah, remember yeah. how to play baseball. I mean, obviously last year he was called up in weird, unforeseen circumstances. He never really got to play like a, an extended length of time in AAA. He was lighting it up in the minors before he got hurt. Um, and people make a big deal about how bad he was last year. He was supposed to be in AAA last year. Um, and that was like, it was more so just on-field major league development, which kind of, I don't know if that stunted his growth or just was like a bad wake-up call. But I'm interested to see how he obviously does at the plate. But if we can if we can get his glove out there doing well, We'll be done with the Jared Walsh in right field and Albert Pools at first base. We need we need those we need um, Adele back up and right, um, hopefully soon. Yeah, that's that is one of the the bigger, more obvious ones for sure. Uh, Rudy, at, you you yes. follow many prospects these days. Who, yes, who, who you got your you eye know, on? A lot of guys who recently got called up, like Alex Kirilov, I believe it's pronounced. Yeah, who, uh, my rookie of the year pick. There we go. Uh, touted had a great weekend after a slow start four home runs i believe but in terms of guys still in the minors i think uh you know real you take wander franco and uh i think kellenic you know is obviously hyped one person who's in the minors right now though who i think is not as much like a prospect he's pitched in the majors uh, so we don't really think of him as much of like a as a rookie anymore but i think he's still eligible with six of sanchez who i know who you also love and i think we all agree he's a very talented pitcher and I'm looking forward to him, um, you know, just returning and showing us what he got again, what he's got again. I think he's doing with some arm fatigue, um, which was holding him, holding him back before. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I'm interested in just finding out what what's happening with Sixto Sanchez because he's kind of just fallen off the face of the earth. All that has been talked about with him is just they're taking it slow with him. He had some shoulder fatigue, and they're working him back into it slowly. But what what is that what does that mean? Where where is this guy? He was he was awesome last year, and he's just sit, riding the sidelines. He's not he's not on the injured list. Well, obviously he's in the minors, um, or he's not on their their major league roster currently. So he's just kind of sitting there. And the like the most recent report that ESPN has on him is like April twenty second. He he was thrown from sixty feet without problem. Cool. Like, what what are they doing with him? He's they're just uh, holding them holding them back until uh, until they feel comfortable letting him ramp it up and see how many innings they can get him down the stretch. Because they said they wanted to limit his innings, but that's a little ridiculous. Hopefully, he can pitch some in the minors at least. You know, I want to see him do something. Maybe he'll do it uh-huh. in the minors. Poke him with one more. Yeah, do something. Um. I have one more. Yeah. Uh, I really, more. yeah, I, I really want to see if the Padres are playing um, service time ball with Mackenzie Gore because they could definitely use him in the in the rotation right now. And I I want to see if it's that or if he's just not ready or what's going on. So I'm definitely gonna try to see if I can find a minor league stream of his what it starts or highlights or whatever because from what I've heard and from what i've seen this guy's 
is going to be insane. So I just really want to see where he's at in his development. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, we you talk about guys that are that you really just want to see like the development as much as anything. Um, Adley Rushman, top catching prospect, you know, best hitting catcher, at least as a prospect, you know, since since the days of Posey and Maurer. Um, he could he could make his debut this season for a surprisingly competitive Orioles team. They're in last place right now, granted, but they're fourteen and fifteen. Like they're right there. That's a that's a tight race, and the Orioles have been playing like pretty good baseball. So, uh, that's another guy who like we could see sooner rather than he later. He played on our rival. Um, he played on our rival college um, baseball team uh, on Oregon State. This man's insane. I'm 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 so excited to see him um, get the call soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully soon, at least. We can only hope. We can only hope. All right, let's do a little bit more rapid fire news. We'll we'll make the transition here. Uh, unfortunate injury news, which is just always really sucky, and especially for two really dynamic young players. Dustin May is going to miss the rest of this season. He's getting Tommy John surgery, and he will miss some of next year as well. I would imagine, and he was having a great season for them, a, a guy who you weren't sure if he was going to start out of the the pen or in the rotation for the Dodgers and was locking down that rotation spot until until this injury. Real bummer. Uh, Luis Robert, pretty similarly just on a, on a routine ground ball that he was trying to beat out, um, injured himself real bad. And, uh, you know, had to be helped off the field, couldn't put much weight on his right leg, and he's going to miss three to four months at least. So the White Sox missing two of their their top prospects, or top, uh, not really prospects anymore, but two of their their most dynamic outfielders. So there's not, not really much to add on to a lot of these um, bits of news. If you guys have anything to add, just, like, tap me on the shoulder let me let me know um and i'll let you go ahead and jump in um here's here's something that's a little more positive than injuries hopefully the the opposite health wise is the mariners are going to vaccinate fans uh that come to their games no appointments needed oh yeah that's that's sick maybe maybe more maybe more people will go to baseball games get their vaccines yeah um i i would expect a lot of teams to do that depending on on the reception of uh of how the mariners are able to uh, carry this out too so hopefully it sets a good precedent um what what else we have here uh, like i said okay so just a random note here the yankees have who started off awful are back to 500 but that al east standings like i had mentioned with the orioles being 14 and 15 and and just narrowly in last place that is looking real weird with the red Sox still at the top there um we could go around the league and and pull a lot of these things out too but the dodgers on the other side of things started off super hot and maybe a little bit more quietly just hit a slide and or in second place in the nls now like you know i'm sure there's Lots of examples around the league with this, like the the Giants just killing it out of nowhere in Kansas City. Um, I don't I don't quite know how they're getting it done, but these are just some uh, some little 
nuggets to pull out of the April standings uh, that that really caught my eye. Was are there any other any other teams or standings uh, discrepancies that that just really catch your eye? Either of you, like I don't know. Like I feel like it feels like we just went like five years back in time, and now you have the Giants, the Royals, and the Red Sox. Is... Uh, the Royals. I think my dad says to me every day that the Royals are leading the AL Central. Why is that? <laughs> and you still don't have an answer yeah. for him, I'm sure. The Athletics, I think, you know, considering where they started, have had a usual. I think they went on. You know, they were start off poor. They won that like that winning streak, and now they're five and five in their last ten games. So it's a uh, you know perfectly balanced, yeah. <laughs> uh, insert Thanos meme with them. I, I kind of feel like, uh, and then you know the Twins are terrible, kind of some to an extent so far, which I think they've had some injuries, but even then, I, I think that's pretty disappointing in the AL Central. Yeah, how did I gloss over perhaps the most important note about the AL West standings, which I think shifted. Uh, as of today's games, but we did multiple times in the last week achieve the asshat AL West standings, where the A's in first place, the Mariners, Seattle Mariners, the S logo in second place, Houston, the the big H, the Angels, and then Texas. That is great. Can we get that back, please? Mariners, step it up just a little bit, overtake the Astros again, and uh, and we can stay there. I, I, I'm okay with that. Um, that's probably the biggest um, standings news that I glossed over entirely. And we do have the first 162-game uh, sample from Fernando Tatis at long last. It was, uh, it was quite the road to, to get to that point. But that slash line is 294, 367, 581, 46 homers and 32 steals. That's, uh, that's not bad. That is not bad. The Padres... Obviously, uh, doing much better when he's in the lineup, producing like that. Um, what is this note? Nine forty-eight OPS is the third best mark at one hundred sixty-two games into a career among players who debuted in the last ten years. I. Who are the other? Who are the better two? I'm still looking for that. <laughs> Mike Mike Trout, maybe I don't know. Mike Trout did not have an incredible first like stint to. Very true. But that was a short stint. You know, 162 games is a lot of games. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't one of those people. In the last 10 years, who else came out of the gates that hot? Renato Nunez. That's it's as good a guess as any, except probably not really at all. Aaron Judge, maybe. Honestly, maybe, I can see that. Uh, Jose Abreu. Oh. Okay. Uh, and Yasiel Puig. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the the torrid start from Yasiel Puig. Puig How is in the Hall forget? of Fame of uh, best rookie best seasons being the rookie season, for sure. Him and uh, Chris Coughlin, right? I think Jason Hayward might be in that as well. And then after Tatis, it's Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, um, Juan Soto, Corey Seager, Reese Hoskins, Shohei Otani, and Cody Bellinger. Mike Trout's not even there. What a scrub. Yeah, dude. Wow. All right. Well, 
those are some some quicker nuggets of news. And uh, I guess, I just generally speaking, you know, with the April players of the month and everything, Byron Buxton won it in the American League. Ronald Acuna won in the National League. Acuna, we know what Acuna is. Byron Buxton, the longtime top prospect of baseball ages ago, is and struggled mightily to to start his major league career. You know, in every aspect of the game, other than defense and base running, is now just killing it. He's hitting everything, and I don't know how to feel about it because as a as a proud fantasy owner of Buxton for a couple years, he's a heart he's he was a heartbreaking player to own, and now now he's just he looks like he's he's there, and I don't know if it's possible for somebody to cool from such an impressive run, such an impressive streak that he's had, but um, I don't know. Do you guys think there's reason to think that Byron Buxton is going to go back to being a, a disappointment, or are you just yes. kind of comfortable with current the Buxton? you pick him back up in fantasy. I won't touch him. I'll, 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 let him, I'll let him keep doing his thing. I'll stay away. I mean, it's just not sustainable in any way. Uh, so his Babip is 451, which is over 100 points higher, his career high. His ISO is 434, which is also over 100 points higher, his career high. He is not walking any more than his career average. His strikeouts are down, which that is an improvement to give him credit for. But it's... You know, I think there's definitely a universe where he is gone from a average offensive player beyond the steals to a good one. I don't think that's impossible. Uh, you know, in 2019, he was pretty much a good offensive player overall. But he isn't a superstar on offense. It's, that's, I, just, I don't buy that at all. Yeah, superstar production in this past month for sure like he is incredibly fun to watch play uh i just wanted to, to throw that out there too with the uh, with the april numbers being being turned in uh you know set in stone now all right let's let's talk about weird stuff because that i really mm-hmm. just i i just sit here for the first part of the podcast and i'll like feed you uh, I'll, I'll feed everybody the the, the topics feed that me. seem like you know, people probably want to hear us talk about this stuff. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm just here because I want to talk about the weird stuff in baseball that we see on more or less a nightly basis. But um, that really stands out to people like us that have watched a good amount of baseball. We can start with Reese Hoskins hitting an almost game-tying home run that came about as close as possible without it actually leaving the park. Hit it off the top of the railing, which is part of the wall at a Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. It was called a homer. They review it. They overturn it. He, he shouts some choice words at the umpires for making that replay call. And then the Phillies lose the game. That's that's a rough way to go down, um, but again, like those kinds of things that where you're like game of inches, never been more true 
in that situation um like i don't know there like what what do you do if you're reese hoskins and like do you just shout at the umpires too even if Mm. even if they made the right call like (laughs) i i I might do that yeah it is kind of weird in comparison to the other situations we discussed about umpires because they made the right call but you know the expletives were still loaded on them for understandable reasons because i think the mccutcheon call was the same game and makes for great sunday night baseball at the very least but my question for you guys from this is that should the top of the fence not count as a home run and i guess the easiest answer is say well bounce back on the field so it's not out of the park but my initial reaction kind of was like if you literally land on top of the fence I, I don't really, I'm not sure I'm totally convinced that that should be inside the park still, I, I guess. Because you could, like, hit it over, if you hit it over that, you could bounce back, it would still be a home run, from my understanding. Yeah. So. Oh, so, like, the railing. Yeah, the railing like, is sure just Part dumb. of the ball, part of the ball, I would love to know. If, like, part of the ball, like, literally went over the railing at all when it hit it. And if that, like, portion was into the stands, does that still not count? If, like, any no. portion... It does to be fully out at some point. Is that the standard? Well, typically, yeah, but like for both, the railing is dumb because, like, is why, that cheating? Why do you have a wall and then a railing? Why not just have Isn't a taller wall? I like that question. Uh, well, I guess it's at home, so they they screwed themselves. Go yeah, ahead. like I, the best the best home run walls are the ones. Like they have, I, they have them in multiple ball, ballparks, but I think of uh, Bush Stadium with the Cardinals, where they have like a flower bed or something. There's a there's a divide between the front row of seats and the wall, like an like you know less than a foot even, or maybe a foot wide, uh, break between the seats and the wall, just to avoid any kind of these these issues with with the ball bouncing back into the field or a fan interfering with it and reach being able to reach out into the field like you just add a slight buffer and it makes life so much easier but not that's that's a little too difficult at this point so what are we talking about let's let's keep going let's let's talk about the uh you were just talking about it what do you mean (laughs) i mean before before we started talking about weird home run walls I, i guess i don't I don't know. I mean, that's the crux of this topic, I think, with the home run, though. Is this is is the wall's fault? I think we can all agree that yes, it's, it's a, the design of the wall yes. is constipated. It has been a while since we've used that one. All right, it better be the title of this episode. That's all I'm saying. Yes, we're gonna end on probably the best story that I've seen in some time, or just the best social media interaction from a major league team that I'd seen. Um, so this, for all intents and purposes, random person, I, I guess he's a YouTuber as well, um, went ahead and tweeted at the Diamondbacks to see if they could have their cameraman zoom out a little bit so he could uh, check in on, on, his buddy's, uh, on his buddy's date that he was on out there in Arizona with... Uh, uh, you know, not not a girlfriend, like a you know, what an early on date. I think it was a third date. Is that what was said it was officially? A, it was second in the transcript second. and second date in the transcripts. Oh, because because the the tweet later on said, "Will there be a third? Yes, yes, of course. Yep. Um, 
Nah. Yes, but the Diamondbacks caught wind and they were like, you know, this might be more of a question for the, uh, for the, the, you know, the ball, the, uh, Bally. I keep calling them Bally. The, the Bally sports, sports people. And, uh, you know, not too long after that, they're like, wait, we found them. They were, they're having an exchange back and forth. Like, what section did you say is it again? Like, what, what are they wearing? <laughs> they're, they're doing their best to hunt, you hunt the these right people stadium. down. <laughs> are you are you in arizona yeah and they they found him they they got him on the the big screen there it was it was a whole thing um and of course everybody on the internet has to has to chime in at this point because you know there's so much attention drawn to it there's so much buzz everybody's everybody's invested now um and i think the biggest thing that caused controversy with this was the the outfit choice for a second date at a baseball game in arizona mind you uh he he went with the the arizona spring spring training t-shirt and some athletic shorts um you know looks fine at a ball game for for anybody else but um i know there's some differing opinions about if that is second date dress appropriate because you know you're, you're still at that point where you're in theory trying to impress a little bit at least on on that side of it i know it's a that's a one-sided argument there i think what the the girl was wearing was you know less um like sports casual wear so there wasn't much controversy on that side it was like jeans and a t-shirt whatever but like the the guy was getting so much flack or getting a lot of support depending on which side it was on of his, his outfit choice which is probably terrifying but also kind of hilarious so um where, where do you guys stand on that did did he do okay I mean, with the outfit choice probably probably not what i would have worn if it thank was a second you. date thank you but thank i you. i mean i think we had a conversation about this in our group chat like i do see wh- where that outfit would be worn at baseball games in arizona probably not what i would have worn like for a second date or like before i'm with the girl for a long like with my girlfriend i mean been with my girlfriend for longer than two dates at this point but if it was a second one i probably wouldn't wear that Mm. a little bit more more classy in in terms of the i mean i'm not gonna wear a suit and tie (laughs) you gotta you gotta i i I generally say button in the pants so you gotta put buttons on your pants is that politics. is that the sure. you would have been totally really fine with it otherwise because i think if you're going to a event at a stadium there's nothing wrong with wearing paraphernalia that relates to it paraphernalia but, paraphernalia. but wearing gym shorts which that's what they were described as i think that's unacceptable on a second date regardless of how hot you are how hot the area <laughs> is uh, hot, the location might be, really? you know, you got it. You got to just wear just wear shorts with a button. It's all it takes. Just button your pants, set up, and you won't be constipated. So that's, that's some hot takes. Doesn't doesn't matter how hot you are. Can't can't be out there wearing gym shorts on a second he, date. He I guess. Did say though, which I respected, was that he felt that he needed some new boundaries to be established with his roommate. And I thought that was honestly, I give him a lot of respect for that reaction. 
Yeah, I, I think that's one that you'd normally don't have to go over with with a roommate. <laughs> is like not, that's not the I didn't help his date by doing that. At the end of the day, I would think I don't think that's what I would be surprised. If, like that's what the I, I I could be wrong here, but I feel like that's like a lot of unwanted attention at a certain extent. Now it's like a huge meme. Basically, it's like that's like cool on like your tenth date. Like the second date, like that's a little <laughs> the, much. Like the tenth date is is the notorious meme date after like four. No, you're right, but it, it, now she has to go on the third date, right? Regardless if it went well or not, so it's kind of holding her. She doesn't have, dude. Nobody's gonna remember this, like after you know. No, give she it, has to give it twenty four hours. The dust settles. Nobody remembers. The that. internet said she has to. I would, I would say that with confidence that it made that date more memorable for both. That's parties. for sure. That's for sure. Um, dude, I don't know. I I fall on the other. I fall on the other side of that. You know, you generally dressed to the venue like if you want to go somewhere where you want to like show off that you can dress nice and i don't know like if that's the goal then you're not going to a baseball game you're going to to dinner or something something more along those lines but i i don't know i i'm less of a, a stickler for for how you need to uh to dress to impress i think you gotta you gotta just do what you're comfortable with if, if he if he seems like a you know, date or no date is the guy that that'll go out in, in athletic shorts and a t-shirt, and that's that's what he's rolling with, and he's comfortable. Like, do what you're comfortable with. Don't don't uh don't give in to the pressure of the mainstream media. I, I don't know I don't know if we're mainstream, but um, don't give in to we're like we're like a puddle. <laughs> don't give in to stupid Twitter opinions about how you're dressing, even more so. I mean, for Bode's the one with the girlfriends. So go like against the grain. To. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know once I get a second date, uh, what, what I would end up wearing at any point. There so. we go. Content. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, um, we are gonna end the podcast for today. This was, like I said, a little bit different for us. Um, we'll, we'll get used to it. We'll get used to it. Uh, but yeah, if you did make it to this point thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed if you did make sure to rate comment and subscribe to our podcast uh, wherever you are listening to it and like i said at the beginning for for the first time you know connect with us on social media at beat the shift bp and uh you know let us know how we did if you have any contradicting takes or you just want to you just want to say hi whatever it may be like we'll be there. We're we're on that social media game now. Um, yeah. Anything else? Beattheshiftbaseball.com. It's always there. Podcasts, articles, anything else. Uh, and like I said, a lot of changes today, and hopefully more changes to come in the future as well. So that is it for today. Thank you, everybody, one last time. As always, Farbode. Peace. So now what? Do we just sit here awkwardly as the music? Plays Should we wave? Yeah, we can talk now right away. Smile and wave, boys. I thought you just had the silence. Yeah, preferably. It's okay. <laughs>